Will you pray with me? Loving and gracious God, open our ears to hear what you would say to us this day. Open our hearts to receive what you have for us. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Her name was Sarah, but nobody remembers that. They only remember that she had a serious illness, serious enough to cause bleeding for 12 years. Even to this day, she's referred to only as the woman with the bleeding problem. Back in Sarah's time, being a woman was not all that easy. For example, the religious teachers would say a prayer every morning thanking God that they had not been born a foreigner, a slave, or a woman. These Jewish rabbis, are we okay with the microphone? Yeah. These Jewish rabbis were not permitted to even speak to a woman. Sorry. Use that one instead? Okay. Okay, I'll just hold it. These Jewish rabbis, that's better, (laughs) were not permitted to even speak to a woman in public. Women and girls didn't get to learn to read and and so could not read the Hebrew scriptures. Sarah also lived at a time when in order to go out in public, out of her home, a woman needed to be accompanied by male members of her family. Perhaps the worst part was that in Sarah's day, her bleeding caused her to be considered ritually unclean or impure. She was excluded from the religious community, couldn't worship with the others. And if anybody touched her, or even touched something that she had touched, they would also become religiously impure. So she'd been on her own, alone, and isolated for a long time. In search of a cure, she tried everything everything medicine could offer. She'd spent all her money and actually ended up getting worse instead of better. Then one day, she saw her chance. Here he was, the healer she had heard about. Since it was such a big and noisy crowd around him, maybe no one would notice She was a woman out in public by herself. 
If she kept herself covered, maybe no one would notice it was Sarah, the one shunned and outcast from the synagogue and the whole village. Then again, even if they did notice, what more did she have to lose? Plus, they were focused on something way more important. They were on their way to the home of Jairus, a leader of the synagogue. This wealthy and prominent man, a leading citizen of the village, shocked everyone when he fell at the healer's feet and begged him to come heal his young daughter, his only child, who was about to die. Jairus was used to others begging him for favors and sending others to deliver messages on his behalf. But when it's your only child, your 12-year-old daughter about to die, you get pretty desperate and you do things you might not otherwise do. Desperate. Sarah knew the feeling. But she also knew this man Jesus had healing power. She knew he could heal her. She believed all the reports she'd heard. And it was now or never. So she joined the back of the crowd and got jostled and pushed along with everybody else. She smelled the sweat, felt the sun's heat beating down, and the dry, choking dust of the road rising up into her mouth and nose. Nobody was going to notice her. Not with all these people. Not with the synagogue leader's dying daughter on everybody's mind. Gradually, gently, but persistently, she pressed her way to the front of the crowd. All she needed to do was touch the bottom of the fringe of the hem of the back of his robe. One tiny little touch, and no one would ever be the wiser. No one would ever know she had touched a man not related to her without his consent. No one would ever know she had passed on her uncleanness and impurity to the healer, Jesus. By touching the bottom edge of his robe. In an instant, it was over and done. And then it was as if time stood still. Sarah knew her disease had been cured. She immediately felt healthy and well as never before. She remained still as the crowd moved on around her. But before she could slip away and enjoy her new condition, she saw the healer turning around and asking who had touched him. How did he know? How could he know? 
And how could she possibly admit what she had done? What would the crowd do to her when they found out? After all, they were on their way to Jairus' house, and it was urgent. What would Jairus do to her for causing this interruption, this delay? But she knew she had no choice. With every ounce of courage she could muster, Sarah moved her trembling body toward the healer and fell at Jesus' feet, just like Jairus had done just a few moments ago. She bowed her head in shame, and the next thing she knew, she was telling him everything, pouring out her heart and soul, all the pain, all the sadness, all the loneliness, she had suffered with for so long and that she'd never told a soul before because no one had ever cared. He listened as if she were the only one who mattered to him at that moment. When she was done, there was silence for a long, long time. Finally, the healer Jesus knelt down, reached out to her, and gently raised her head. She was shocked to see tears in his eyes. Even more shocking were the words he spoke. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Daughter? Had he really called her his daughter? Could the outcast, the bleeding one, the unclean, impure one, the one who couldn't worship with the others or even be near the others, could she, Sarah, be family, be kin, be related to the healer, Jesus. Touching him had healed her body. Hearing his words healed her heart and her soul. She was healthy now, and she had a male relative. She could rejoin the community. She could be a part of a family and have friends. She could once again worship at the synagogue. Jairus, the healer Jesus, and the crowd moved on and made their way to Jairus' house. As she stayed behind, a few people glanced back at her. But now, with the with, but not with the expressions of judgment and derision she would have seen before. Now they looked with wonder and amazement, and seemed to share her inexpressible joy. Not long after this, Sarah heard that the healer Jesus had brought Jairus' daughter back to life, another amazing miracle. She decided 
that when she saw Jairus and his daughter at the synagogue on the next Sabbath, she would ask them to tell her all about it. For the most part, this story speaks for itself. I only want to briefly highlight two ideas we can draw from it. The first comes from Sarah and Jairus. Both were motivated to take action by what they knew and believed about Jesus. Jairus to beg for healing for his daughter, and Sarah to reach out for healing for herself. I celebrate all the many ways that we, individually and as a congregation, act to welcome, to help, to care, to make a difference because of what we know and what we believe about Jesus. The second and final point is demonstrated by Jesus himself and how he treated Jairus and Sarah, two persons living very different lives. One, the leader of the synagogue, a prominent, powerful, and probably wealthy man. The other, an unknown, unclean, poverty-stricken woman on the very margins of society. To Jesus, they are both of equal value. They are both precious. They both deserve what he has to give. Most days, I imagine, we too encounter people experiencing a wide range of life circumstances, whether related to ethnicity, gender, race, sexual orientation, socioeconomic or immigration status, political party, or any other differences within our society. As we witness the many hurtful and hateful ways humanity can treat one another, it is my prayer that God may grant us all the grace and the courage to follow Jesus' example in how we treat the Jairuses and the Sarahs and everyone in between that we meet today and in all the days ahead. Amen.